Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, I have a couple of stats here. Now, these stats are going to allow me to pat myself on the back for just a little bit, but I promise you it's not going to take that long of a time. I really promise you that it's not. And they're actually like really helpful stats that help us understand the Kansas City Chiefs better. So today, I did three separate interviews before the show on other markets. I went on in Baltimore, did a couple of national. Hey, we want the Chiefs perspective. Sure, happy to do it. The number one question I was asked is, what's different about Kansas City's offense? I actually don't think that anything is that different with Kansas City's offense. I think they have eliminated some of the critical mistakes that hurt them over the course of the season, and they've really leaned into their stars. This team has really leaned into Isaiah Pacheco, Travis Kelsey, and Rasheed Rice, and they have minimized the opportunity of almost every other player on their offense. I know there was a stretch there in the middle part of the season where we all were just throwing out, well, what about Richie James? What about Justin Ross? Stop giving them the ball was the best thing that could happen. I'm not happy anybody is injured, but it has been good for this offense that they don't have to worry about Kadarius, Tony, and Sky Moore. They are drains on your offense. And now that this offense has really leaned into those key three players and they have minimized the touches for everybody else, it has allowed their offense to flourish. Their offense is not perfect by any means. They kicked two field goals in the red zone on Sunday. They had a turnover in the red zone. They're not a perfect offense. But this offense has really started to find its identity once they have leaned into what they are. Rob, so far through the two games of the postseason, Rice, Kelsey, and Pacheco have 522 yards offensively. Everybody else, and I removed Patrick Mahomes' scrambles because we agree those are not design plays. Those are a play is breaking down, Mahomes just runs. You would probably put him in the category with the first three guys. They have 215 yards in the two games from everybody else. Sure, you need a contribution from other players. You're not going to do it with just those three. How they did it against Buffalo was perfect. Isaiah Pacheco had 97 yards. Travis Kelsey had 75 and two touchdowns. And they really limited everybody else. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire got two touches. MVS got two touches. Noah Gray got three. McCall Hardman got a couple. That's exactly what they need to do offensively. I don't know if a light switch went on for the Chiefs 
or they were playing a game with us over the course of the regular season, but they quit throwing it to Justin Watson 13 times in a game. Against the Philadelphia Eagles, they threw it to Justin Watson 11 times. I'm not surprised that they couldn't score in that game. More Rice, more Kelsey, more Pacheco. That's exactly what they've done in January. And they've had success. They also have stopped turning the ball over. That gives them a chance against any team in the National Football League. 522 yards from your big three over the last two games. You can do that. If you get 280, 275 yards offensively from your big three in this game, you go on the road and win. With that quarterback, with those three guys playing at a high level, and with that defense, you go on the road and win. This team is, they might be the easiest Chiefs team that we've had to figure out in a while. And it was clear in the middle part of the season what one of their problems were. Yo, you got to quit trying to make Sky Moore think he ain't. I know you want Kadarius Toney to be this gadget X-factor player. He's not. When they eliminated that from their offense, it has allowed their offense to flourish and take shape. All right, Rob, I looked this up too before we move on to the hits. I looked this up. I did this math during the break. The Chiefs this season got 19 yards, or excuse me, 19 carries from wide receiver types, wide receivers and tight ends. You would call those gadget plays, right, for the most part? How many yards do you think they got out of the 19 carries that they got from wide receivers this year? Because we talk a lot about it. I've talked about it. Hey, use McColl as a jet sweep guy. Hey, look at how many yards do you think they actually got out of 19 carries this season from wide receivers and tight ends? 40 yards. 50. Mm. They got 50 yards. We got to stop talking about it. Me too. Today's the day. Maybe next year. Maybe we can bring it back next year. Hey, they can, maybe they'll get a jet sweep guy next season. Maybe they'll spend a sixth round pick. They'll draft some speedster from some college we've never heard of before. And they'll have a guy to run those trick gadget plays with. They don't have that guy on this team. I'm telling you guys that for this very simple reason of in this upcoming game, you know what I don't want to see them do a trick play with McCall Hardman. It didn't work all season. McCall Hardman, since he has come back, has made one play. It was a punt return in his first game back. You guys remember the game. He had that big punt return. I think it was against the Chargers. They got in field goal range. He was excited. Everybody was excited. You guys, it was great. He has not made a play for the offense since then. I guess he made a couple of plays in that week 18 game, but I don't count that because P. Ryan got 17 carries in the game or 21 carries in the game. That, nothing in that game counts. Not a single thing. So before we get to the hits, they have leaned into Rice, Pacheco, and Kelsey. It has worked and paid big dividends, and now's the time to do it. I get why maybe in week six you didn't want to run Isaiah Pacheco into the ground. There might not be a next week if you don't win this week. So utilize your running back. Get the ball in the hands of your best wide receiver. Get the ball to Travis Kelsey. Play your brand, your style of football. What I've seen from the Chiefs this postseason is they finally understand what they are. It took them a while. It was frustrating at times, but they finally realized what they are. They are not a speedboat anymore the way they used to be. They used to be zipping around the waves. They were exciting. They were fun. That's not the kind of offense they are. They can still be fun, but the fun's going to be different. The fun is giving it to Isaiah Pacheco, and we get to watch him run around like a three-year-old. It's fun. It's fun. 
I enjoy it. But if this team is going to go on the road and beat Baltimore, that's how they beat them. And it's going to be eliminating some of the other things, like trying to give the ball to an end around to McCall Harbin. That has not worked this season. It hasn't worked. You're averaging 2.1 yards per carry. It doesn't work. If you're going to do that, someone says, I'd rather you give Chris Jones a handoff at the goal line. I can live with that. I can live with you just running just straight, just fullback dive with that. that. Okay, that works. The other nonsense, 19 carries, 50 yards on wide receiver carries this year. It doesn't work. Remember that few minutes in Chiefs kingdom lore in 2023 when the Chiefs had brought McCole Hartman back and people thought he's going to be different. He's going to – he's – He's back, baby. He's different. It's a whole new ball game. When we look back at the 2023 yearbook, whether it be after a Super Bowl parade or maybe a Super Bowl loss, AFC Championship game, win or loss, whenever we look back at this season, can we remember to highlight that moment in Chiefs Kingdom lore where post-Charger game, people are saying, McCole Hardman is back and he's different. They're going to use him differently. He's that guy. Can we just make sure to make a note to highlight that forever? Why would we do that? You always want to bring up the negative stuff that happened over the course of the season. That's your problem. You're negative. I'm not doing that. No. People remember they were doing that. It was a mistake. I'm not letting you come on this show and do this. You do this weekly. You know who you are. You're turning into Colin Cowherd. He was on his show hating earlier today. 26-20, that's kind of what I think. But I, I do think Baltimore is just absolutely proven to be a better team all year long, all year long. And I yeah. think we're overvaluing to some degree the win over Buffalo and Miami where they were both completely injury riddled on the defensive side, which made the offense look more engaged and more fluid than it actually is. Hey, man. A couple things. I'm getting tired of all the excuses that have been made for the Buffalo Bills Football happened. It's unfortunate, but we've been playing football. We are heading into our 21st week in the National Football League. Injuries happen. If Kansas City loses this week, trust me, no one will feel bad that Joe Tooney couldn't play. Chiefs fans, hey, we would have won that. No one cares, bro. I'm here to tell you. No one outside of Kansas City is like, well, you know, Hey, that one year Kansas City would have won the Super Bowl of Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher. No one cares. It's football. I'm not doing that. Oh, I mean, they were banged up coming into the game. Deal with it. That's life. You don't get graded on a curve because you get injuries late in the season in the NFL. That's not how any of this works. So that's number one. And I would say number two, I think the postseason has a way of forcing you to sort of prove to everybody that you can do something that during the regular season you show that you couldn't. Like this year with Cleveland, for example. Cleveland's defense, they were the 85 Bears at home. They were terrible on the road. Well, you know what? You got to go on the road and you got to show that you can be a good defense. They couldn't. There's situations that pop up. Hey, we've been saying this entire year about San Francisco. Hey, if everybody is healthy, San Francisco's as good as anybody. What happens early in the game? One of their key players gets hurt. You got to figure it out. You got to overcome it. People are going to continue to have questions about Kansas City's offense heading into this game. 
You can say it's fair. You can say it's unfair. I know that they got Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. When you were as inconsistent as Kansas City was offensively, people are just going to question you heading into a really big game on the road against the number one scoring defense in the NFL. That's just life. And now you have 60 minutes to prove those individuals wrong. There will be no asterisks. There will be no, oh, well, what about? You got to go on the road and you got to beat the team that people perceive to be the best team. The tone around Baltimore started to change late in the season where I think people really started to buy into this Ravens team. I think there was some skepticism about Baltimore late in the year, but when they blasted San Francisco on Christmas and then they followed it up with the big win over Miami when they beat them 56 to 19, people's tone started to change about Lamar. People's tone started to change about the team. But now we get to this point going into it. People had questions about Lamar in the postseason and could he step up? All right. Well, you played really well against CJ Stroud and the Houston Texans. Nobody thought that Houston could win the Super Bowl. We know Kansas City can win the Super Bowl. We just saw him do it last year. The same hurdle that we talked about last week against Buffalo and how the Chiefs kind of had to overcome that. Hey, you guys got to beat a good team that's not Miami. They proved that. They went on the road. They beat a Buffalo team that had been waiting for them, a Buffalo team that had won seven games in a row, a Buffalo team that had beat them earlier in the season. The Chiefs answered the first part of the test. The second part of the test is to go on the road and beat the team that is perceived to be the best team in the league and play a consistent, mostly clean version of football that helps you win the game. I don't think the Chiefs need to play perfect. I think they showed that last week. It was not perfect by any means. They continue to stick to their their formula and what works. And if they do that on Sunday, this is the game that I feel they win. If this team continues to run the football effectively, if they continue to remain balanced, if they continue to have one of the best defenses In the league, this is a game that I think they can win and a game that I think they should win. I think Baltimore is a really, really good team. I think Kansas City matches up defensively pretty well against them. I think they can limit their wide receivers on the outside. I do have my questions about Mark Andrews, who's coming back in this game. He hasn't played since week 11. It has been a long time since Mark Andrews played. And now we are dropping you into the AFC championship game. How many snaps do you play? How do you look physically? There's a lot of questions that I have with Mark Andrews in this game. And I trust Spags to be able to come up with a defense that I think stops Lamar a little bit. Just a little bit. You're not going to stop Lamar completely. He's too good of a player. Just like it's not realistic to think that Patrick Mahomes has one touchdown at two interceptions in this game, even though they're going up against the number one defense. I don't think it's realistic to think that you are holding Lamar to five carries for 23 yards in this game. He's far too good of a player. They're far too good of an offensive line and an offense to do that. But who can limit who and who can limit what they do well? And I just feel good about Kansas City and their ability to limit a lot of the pieces that they have for the Ravens. I mean, I don't want to agree with Coward because I don't know that we're going to have the exact same pick. And I, But there is a part of me, and this is going to come out like hateration, and that's fine. There is a part of me that thinks a part of what he's saying is correct. The Chiefs took on a super depleted Dolphins team and the conversation on the Dolphins, at least on this show, were that the Dolphins were a paper tiger. The Dolphins were fake. Tua can't do that on the road. That was the conversation. That was. That is. I was was the one leading the charge. You were 
front and center. I was. So it's hard for me to be like, oh, they beat Miami. That's inc- impressive. That's fair. Last week was an impressive win because of the rivalry and the whole deal. But we can also be honest about the conversation leading into the Bills game last week. The Bills were a depleted team. Their best corner had a concussion. It didn't clear protocol until Saturday. Their best pass rusher was not in the game. Their linebacking core was players who were coaching kids in week 16 of the NFL season. They were the walking wounded. They were not a fully up to strength team. And hey, that's football in January. I get it. The Chiefs aren't up to full strength this week. But it wasn't like they played a perfect game against Goliath and they just came out on top. There were conversations both locally and nationally. The Chiefs will probably get the bills for a multitude of reasons. None of those conversations. I would like to point out that they were still underdogs in that game true, despite all of that. They, but I would say that me and you were both thinking they have the advantage over yeah, the Bills. I, yeah, I picked them to win last week. The conversations on the Ravens are not the same. The Ravens are different. The Ravens are the healthier team, and the Ravens have walked through the regular season with relative ease. This is a different beast than the Chiefs have faced at any point this season. I would argue it's their toughest game of the season dating back to what? The Eagles after the bye? I, I, I agree. Nothing this like is, this. This is where I, I will disagree with you, and maybe we are parsing words. I don't think that the Ravens are different. I think that the Ravens have been the most consistent team in a very inconsistent league. Look this year. What other team has been super consistent this year? Because I've seen San Francisco get some thumpings this year. We saw it. They got a thumping by this Ravens team. They had that stretch in the middle of the season where San Francisco lost three straight games. So San Francisco has been hot and cold at times this season. The Lions. Now, the Lions have been pretty consistent, but they've also been the Lions. That if it took you a little bit longer to get on board with the Lions, I would get it just based on who they are. Who else has been really consistent in the NFL? We said this all year about the NFL, that this year felt like it wasn't going to be maybe the best team that won. It was going to be the team that got hot at the end of the season. Some years in March Madness, it is the overwhelming favorite that wins the tournament. It is Kentucky. It is Kansas. It is Duke. They go into it. They're the number one overall seed, and they win the tournament, and everybody pats them on the back. But sometimes it's UConn, like last year, a four seed with championship pedigree that got hot at the right time and navigated the tournament. This is an example to me of a team who has shown you championship DNA over the last five seasons that seems to be playing hot and figured it out. No, this isn't a team that came in winning nine of its last 10 and getting hot, but it is a team that is playing with as much confidence as we have seen. This team looked bad in the second half of the season relative to their standards. They seemed down. Every week they were arguing with each other on the sideline. Pat was mad at people. Travis Kelsey's throwing helmets. The Chiefs just seemed off for the last two months of the regular season. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was they went to in and out in L.A. I don't know if it was the sun. I don't know if it was the bye week. I don't, know if tra- I don't know if Taylor Swift baked something. You know she likes to bake. She made some cinnamon rolls and cookies for the whole team. I don't know what it was. But since we saw them take the field when it was negative 19 degrees in Arrowhead, the Chiefs have looked like the team that won the Super Bowl last year. And now they are going up against the team that people think is the favorite to win the Super Bowl this year. So I understand to some extent why people can't be skeptical about Kansas City. 
And in a lot of areas, I think it's fair to say that Baltimore has the advantage. Baltimore scored more points this year than Kansas City. Baltimore allowed fewer points in Kansas City this year. There are reasons to pick the Ravens in this. They were the best team in the regular season this year. But I think it would be foolish to discredit Kansas City heading into this game solely because of what we saw in the regular season without at least acknowledging that the team that we are see- that we have seen play the last two weeks, they are not the same team that played Green Bay two months ago. This is not the same team that played Las Vegas on Christmas. They are not even close to the same team. This team would have beat Vegas by 24 points had they been playing like this offensively, defensively, they just look and feel different. You're watching Travis Kelsey run around. He's doing the heart before the game. He just, this team just feels different than they felt four or five weeks ago. We have to acknowledge that, I think, when talking about this team. I acknowledge that, and I'm not totally discrediting the Chiefs. I'm not saying this is going to be a walkover for the Ravens. I think this is going to be an epic AFC championship game. I'm leaning Ravens right now, but I... I, it's it's an honest to God coin flip game for me. But you said this is about who's playing the best. It's that hot team. Your NCAA tournament analogy. It could be Baltimore. Isn't Baltimore? Yeah, say Bal- absolutely. Baltimore has all those same markings you mentioned to end their season, their regular season before they played that nothing game against the Steelers, where uh, Tyler Huntley started and they were ready to ice down the season. They won in overtime at home against a playoff Rams team. They went on the road and took care of business, easy money against a Jags team that at that time was leading the AFC South. They went on the road and whooped up on the Niners on Christmas night. They then came home on a short week and humiliated the Dolphins 56 to 19 before entering the playoffs and taking care of business against the Texans. Is it possible the Ravens are the team you're talking about plus the best team? You made the the final four analogy. It's not always the one seed, the best regular season team that makes the run in March. Sometimes it's the team that got hot at the right time. Is it possible the Ravens are basically that Zion Duke team and they're getting hot and being the best team at the exact same time? We will find out Sunday at two o'clock. I don't disagree with you. It is definitely possible that the best team in the regular season in the AFC, which we have seen be Kansas City, the best team in the regular season was also the best team in the AFC playoffs, and they go to the Super Bowl. That's what Vegas is telling you they believe is going to happen in this game. Hey, Baltimore was better than Kansas City in the regular season. We think they're better than them in the postseason. They are going to win this game. I I can't deny that. Absolutely. Baltimore is a really, really good team. 100% a really good team. I just feel really good about Kansas City coming into this game because I truly feel like they have figured something out and it took them longer to figure it out. Normally this chiefs team figures it out in late November, early December, where you really feel like they get hot and they start to get on their run. It took them a little bit longer than normal, but eventually they figured it out. They got their act together before it was too late. They got it together heading into the Miami game. They carry that over on the road against Buffalo, which was everybody's favorite team in the league. And now they got to do it. I think you and I would agree. Whoever wins the AFC championship game, I, I am picking to win the Super Bowl. I mean, everybody 100%. will be cheering for the Lions. I will be picking whoever wins the AFC championship game. So if it's Kansas City, you are not telling me that they are losing to Brock Purdy. No, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. And if you're going to tell me they get to play a team that they played earlier this season, I will take Kansas City in that game, or I will take Baltimore. Hey, Baltimore's better than them. Like, I saw Baltimore either smoke San Francisco at a neutral site, and then, I mean, I mean I'm they picking the Lions, the Lions to go too. to the Super Bowl. Yeah, they also smoked the Lions, <laughs> smoked the Lions the too. Like, yeah, they smoked them too. They, they, they have smoked a lot of really good teams this year. They have, they have been oh, yeah. just – I know people in the text line are making fun of my Zion team analogy because Zion's team lost. They but did this, lose. 
this team has it could have the makings of both. We you said it. We've seen Chiefs teams. We felt like oh they're the best team in the AFC and they're peaking at the right time. I felt the way about last year's Chiefs team. That's kind of how I feel about this year's Ravens team. They are peaking at the right time, and they are definitely the best team in the AFC, at least talent-wise and playing-wise and record-wise. Someone said, Carrington, you forgot about one team when you were naming consistent teams. Carolina, they were consistent this year. No, you're right. I, no, you're right. I, uh, I, I don't know what I was thinking. I was only thinking consistency in a, in a positive way. They, they were definitely one of the more consistent teams in the National Football League. No, you're right. That... Uh, that's accurate. That did happen. I, I agree with you. I Silly me. I apologize. We didn't even do the hits today. Look at that. By the way, we if we had done the hits. Sped right through the hits today. If we had done the hits, it would have been brought to you by the Polar Plunge. This Saturday, Longview Lake, join me and countless others through the Polar Plunge as we take part in the plunge to help benefit the Missouri Special Olympics. For more information, go to somo.org backslash plunge. Are you going to Polar Plunge with Daisy Dips? I'll daisy, do that? I'll daisy dip into the polar okay. plunge. You can also dip your chip. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, can, you, you can plunge your chip into the daisy dip. How about that? You know what? I went from no endorsements to two. Look at me. Look at I want to come up. Rob, if you stick with me, you'll go places in this business. I don't know if you, if you stick with me. That's all you got to do. Stick with me. You'll go somewhere. Keep it right here. It's the drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. <laughs> Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Download the Odyssey app and listen to The Drive with Carrington wherever you are.
All right, Rob, let me ask you this question. If I gave you the opportunity to take any player off the Baltimore Ravens and add them to the Kansas City Chiefs, who would you pick? Because I have been thinking about this because I think on the NFC side, I think it's actually pretty easy who I would take. Like, if you were telling me that I could add any player from the Lions on the Kansas City, I would take Amon Ross St. Brown. They would have a first-team all-pro wide receiver on their team. If you're telling me that I could take any player from San Francisco, I would take Debo Samuel. Well, I can't take Debo. All right, I'll take Joey Bosa. All right, I'll take Brandon Ayuk. Well, you obviously wouldn't take Baltimore's quarterback and add him to your team. If I told you that you could add any player from the Baltimore Ravens onto the Kansas City Chiefs, who would you pick? Because I don't think that they have a very obvious pick like it is in the NFC. That's a really good question. Like, there is no, oh, slam dunk, that's the answer. Because the players that are best on Baltimore are just at positions where the Chiefs are already strong. Like, Kyle Hamilton was a first-team all-pro safety but are you taking him over the combination of Reed Edwards and cook? I mean, he's better, but is he like the chiefs light years better? Probably not like, no, you know how I feel about linebackers. So Roquan Smith is a no, but is he light years better than the tranquil gay combination this year? Probably not. So I think the answer might be Ronnie Stanley. I think I would take Ronnie Stanley off the Ravens from on the chiefs. The Chiefs O-line has been inconsistent this season. I know they're playing great football right now, but they've been inconsistent. Wanye slash Donovan Smith have been just okay. They've been passable. They're passing grades, but they're not stars. I think if you gave me Ronnie Stanley, I'd be the happiest. But, I mean, the other guys, I feel like you already are okay at their positions. Like, Zay Flowers is good. Is he that much better than Rasheed Rice? Like, maybe he becomes wide receiver too, but... I think I'll take Ronnie Stanley. But if you took Zay Flowers, it would certainly answer a lot of future questions. Like, we are going to be wanting this team to go out this offseason and draft Zay Flowers. You know, like that would answer a lot of questions long term. It is interesting because, like, if you were asking me, what is Baltimore the best at? They have the best running quarterback that we have maybe ever seen in the history of the NFL. All right. I don't know if you add him on your team. You certainly don't. Then you look at two linebackers, but you also don't know if you're getting your best bang for your buck if you add both of those guys either. Like Patrick Queen is phenomenal. I don't know if you're adding him. I don't know if you're adding Roquan Smith to this team either, especially when you have, I think, a pretty capable linebacker group. I was wondering that. I just, I don't know if there is a very, very obvious pick that is on the Ravens team that it would appear to be in most of the games that they play. It's because all their best players play the same position. The chiefs, best players like Mark Andrews is awesome. Who would you have taken last week from Buffalo last week from Buffalo? I mean, I would have taken Dalton Kincaid. Really? If you're going to take Kincaid, why not take Mark Andrews? He old. I mean, other than his age, he's better when he first team all pro this year at tight end. Well, he was hurt for most of the year. Kittle was first. Pro Kittle, this year. You're right, right. I mean, Mark Andrews is, the obvious answer going to go tight end too. I mean, from he Buffalo, old, I, broken down. I mean, from Buffalo, I probably would have taken Stefan Diggs. I mean, he didn't, he didn't make me look good in hindsight, but no, if Diggs you had a, he was struggling in the second but half if you of the ask season. Me on, if you asked me on the 17th, Hey Rob, who you taking? I, I would have taken Diggs. 
No, no. I mean, I would have taken Diggs like four or five weeks mm-hmm. ago. I don't know if I would take Diggs right now. I think I actually think that Dalton Kincaid will be a all pro tight end by the time his career is over. Yeah, he he's got that. I actually feel like this was the first year that we really started to see like what that next generation of tight end looks like. That as Travis Kelsey is starting to phase out, I think you're starting to see that, you know, Kelsey's now the old guy, and now you got Sam Laporta. Now you got Dalton Kincaid. TJ Hawkinson had a really good year. I know he's on his second contract, but he's what, 25 years old. This was the first year that I think we started seeing that next group, that next era of tight end emerge. I'm really excited about the future of that position. I thought that Kyle Pitts was going to be part of it, but I mean, they ain't got, they got Desmond Ritter throwing him the ball. You can't be the future of anything with that guy throwing you the ball. I mean, maybe he'll be allowed to run pass patterns this year. They have a new head coach. I mean, <laughs> Arthur Smith was Not allergic to him the ball. No, that's true. <laughs> Not with Bill. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely are having that if they have Bill uh, as their. Uh, Did you mention Isaiah Likely in that next wave too? I know he's the backup for the Ravens, but he showed some flashes here when Andrews was hurt. Yeah, he was fine. I, I wouldn't, he wouldn't be my number one La- overall pick. He's not no. Laporta, but he's a, he's another part of that next wave of tight end. You know, he's a good player. I liked uh, Isaiah likely. I actually think that's probably the strength of their team. The strength of their team is you run the ball. You have to defend Lamar. You have to defend the RPO. And if he decides to keep it, you got likely in the middle of the field. And now you got Mark Andrews in the middle of the field. Like what makes them so difficult to defend? It's when you get all of those things working in one place. It's just really hard. There isn't a team that really plays that style. Like, I wouldn't even say that Philadelphia plays that style with Jalen Hurts. Like, they have a very unique offense and how they attack you and how they execute. And it feels like Lamar has just really gotten better. Like, this is the first time, I think, just watching the Ravens that I feel like they have built a team around Lamar that really fits his skill set. You got down the field threats with Zay Flowers now. OBJ is liable. OBJ could have 75 yards in this game or could have 15 yards in this game. You got capable tight ends, and they just, I don't know how they continue to find running backs. They've had, what, three running back injuries this season? It doesn't matter. They'll just make Justice Hill work. Like, they, Kansas City deserves a lot of credit for how they've drafted over the last three, four years. You want to talk about an organization that just they know the kind of player that has success in their system and they draft them and it just works. You and I both thought when they drafted Patrick Queen, oh, that's going to work like that is a Ravens player through and through. Just some teams just have built a culture of how they do things. And the Ravens are one of those organizations that they know the kind of player they're looking for. They know the kind of mentality and they get the most out of that player. I felt that way about Kyle Hamilton too, coming out of Notre Dame. He was just a player that was just going to work. And he has turned into one of the better defensive players in the league. I mean, I don't disagree with you, but I think the strength of this Ravens team is their offensive and defensive lines. They just, they maul people, man. Like I mentioned Ronnie Stanley, Mitchell Schwartz mentioned their defensive tackle, whose name I can't pronounce. I mean, Minweke, whatever his name is, he's fantastic. They've been a renaissance for Jadavion Clowney. People thought he stunk. He's having the best year of his career right now in Baltimore at this age. Kyle Van Noy is having a renaissance. That front seven with Queen, you mentioned Roquan Smith. On the offensive line side, they push people around. Like You mentioned the strength of their team. The strength of their team is in the trenches. They win games with their front seven on the front and back end. That's It makes things like OBJ at a thousand years old look easier to digest because you have time and space to throw the ball. I think what really works for Baltimore is they are an old school football team. I mean, they do it very differently. Like it is a modern innovation on an old school team, but Baltimore is a team that at its core runs the ball and plays defense and doesn't try to throw it a bunch. I think Lamar is amazing. 
The Ravens were 30th in pass attempts this year. Last year, whenever Philadelphia was really good, they were near the bottom of pass attempts. Like there are some styles that just continue to work and they can control the line of scrimmage. They run the football incredibly successfully and they have built a defense that is just incredibly versatile and can play any style that you need them to. They got guys that can get after the quarterback. They got linebackers that can cover. They got linebackers that can cover in space. They have big physical corners and they got safeties that can make plays. That is a defense that has really deep talent at almost every single level of their defense, kind of like how Kansas City's is. I mean, this is a defense that I think is proven. I mean, these are the number one and number two defenses in the National Football League if you were looking at total defensive points scored this year. So for all the praise that we are heaping on Baltimore's defense and deserve, you were the best defense in the league this year. Kansas City's defense was not that far behind them. That's what makes this matchup so exciting. You have two incredibly talented, very different quarterbacks, two very good defenses and very talented skill position players on both sides in a game that I think has a chance to be another instant classic like the one that we got last week. Keep it right here. It's The Drive on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Remember to follow the show on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. First to breaking news in Kansas City Sports Radio. We have breaking news. Jim Harbaugh is leaving Michigan to accept the head coaching job with the Los Angeles Chargers. Sources tell ESPN the Chargers get their man while Michigan is now looking for a new head coach. Really quickly on Michigan because I think it's a very quick conversation. Michigan is just going to promote their interim head coach that they had while Harbaugh was dealing with the suspensions, right? Moore was, I can't remember his first name off the top of my head. Sharon. Sharon Moore. They're just going to promote him. He's going to be the next head coach for the Michigan Wolverines, right? Yes. The interesting conversation is I saw reports earlier this week that Harbaugh will be taking his Michigan DC with him, Jesse Minter. So we'll see if that comes through, but yeah, Jim Harbaugh, welcome to the division. Andy Reid, Jim Harbaugh, Sean Payton, Antonio Pierce. I know that people are going to call me chargers dot. And I know that people are going to act like this isn't that big of a deal. This is a very big deal. Jim Harbaugh is really, really good at this. I think you can argue that Jim Harbaugh is the best football coach in the world. He certainly is on the short list of people. He is one everywhere he is gone. He started with the San Diego Toros. I don't no clue what they are in the Pioneer Football League. They won that. He then got the Stanford Cardinal job. He started four and eight. And when he left Stanford, they went 12 and one and won in the orange bowl. He then took over Michigan. They made the college football playoff the last three years that he was there and they won the national championship. And oh yeah, when he was in the NFL, they went 44 and 19 and they lost in the Super Bowl. I think this is a really, really big deal. I think this is the biggest deal to happen in the AFC West since Patrick Mahomes has taken over the division. This is the biggest challenger and contender that they have had. Not Russell Wilson, not Sean Payton, not Khalil Mack or any of the other moves that have happened. Not even Justin Herbert. It's the arrival of Jim Harbaugh, and it is the Chargers now taking it seriously where... 
the Chiefs are not going to have the coaching advantage anymore over the Chargers. They are going to have other clear advantages over them. But for the most part, the Chiefs have just had the overwhelming coaching advantage against every other team in their division. There will now be one team that they do not have the coaching advantage against, and that's going to be the Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, as a Chiefs fan, I do not like the Chargers have a competent head coach. Like, Brandon Staley had a moment where we thought maybe he's good, but over time we realized, no, he's a joke. Anthony Lynn never was that guy. This is the best coach they've had since Marty because Norv Turner, I don't think anyone ever believed was that sort of guy. Like he never won anything of consequence. This is, this is the equivalent of them hiring Marty Schottenheimer. Is that, is that a fair comp Jim Harbaugh back from the Chargers hired Marty in what? Oh, seven, oh eight. Yeah. I just think this is different. Someone says, how can you compare Harbaugh's resume to Reed? I, Harbaugh's just done it. I mean, Harbaugh only coached for four years in the NFL. I mean, I've just seen Harbaugh do it at every single stop. But yeah, if, if you think Andy Reid's the best football coach in the world, I'm certainly not arguing you when it comes to him. The short list of people includes Jim Harbaugh. Like, if you were ranking, regardless of where you work, if Andy's number one on your list, Harbaugh has to be in your top five. Has to be. Like, if you said it was Andy Reid one, Nick Saban two, Harbaugh was three then on that list. Yeah, but the difference between those guys in Jim Harbaugh is usually around for a short time, not a long time. It's a good time, but he, you mentioned all those stop. He's not very long tenured at any one stop. Yeah, but what's I would his say longest, though, what's his longest role? Michigan, uh, yeah, six, be, seven years. I mean, he was there for, he was there for nine years at okay, Michigan. He was there from 2005 and left in 2003. Now you're right. He was at Stanford. I don't think anybody saw Stanford True. as a very short lived job. His he Niners was, stint was also pretty quick. Slapdash, show up, do some winning, disappear. Yeah, I mean they went to they went to three NFC championship games and one Super Bowl while he was in San Francisco. When he took a quarterback where I know we remember the Alex Smith was looking like a bust in the league and one of the failed number one overall picks. He then met Jim Harbaugh and turned things around. People think that JJ McCarthy can be a first round pick, which blows my mind. Because I watched that kid, J.J. McCarthy, very average, (laughs) like incredibly average. I don't know how people think that. They only think it because Jim Harbaugh was his coach. Like only think that. And I would also say that some of the charging things that we have seen is now probably going to end with that guy. We have seen them shoot themselves in the foot like pretty repeatedly over the last 10 to 15 years. I think that's over. I think that's done. I think this is. I think this is the best possible hire that you could have made. Better than Belichick. I'm super high on Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator for the Lions. I think this is the best possible hire that you can make. Better than Vrabel. Better than any of those things. I, I, I had, that's the kind of that's the level of respect that I have from Jim Harbaugh as a head coach. That he went 86 and 25 at Michigan, and he went 44 19 and 1 in the NFL, and he's now coming back to the NFL. And you have now given him a very, very talented quarterback that needs to take the next step. They are in cap hell. Their GM hire will be interesting. Like, let's see how that shakes out. But, you know, if you're a person that believes the cap is fake, then you're not worried about the cap part. But the cap, I believe the cap's real. They're in cap hell. Yeah, I I normally think that you can get yourself out of cap problems a lot better than people think that you can. I would say one advantage that the Chargers are potentially going to have is 
Harbaugh's been coaching in college football for the last nine years. You recruited a lot of these players or scouted against a lot of these players that you are about to potentially draft. How do they now draft in these next couple of years? And is that a draft that you can build a future upon? Like, do you hit in the draft for these next two years and turn those guys into starters? So while your quarterback contract is going up, you've drafted five to seven starters at other positions that can step in instantly and help. That's why I think their GM hire is going to be of the utmost importance. But, man, I don't think he's the best coach in the division, but I think he's 1B to Andy Reid in the division. I I think this is a bigger deal than when Sean Payton got hired. Me and you were I, down yeah. on Sean Payton when he got hired. I, like, yeah, I was. He had a lot of he had a lot of all-name, no-game in the recent years. The Saints, he retired, was doing football for a year. We never saw it with Russell Wilson. It was just super inconsistent. Yeah, and that is not the case with Jim Harbaugh. There's consistent noise around whatever program he's running, but it's also consistent winning with whatever program he's running. That includes the Niners. I mean, he got sideways the owner, and that, that's how he ended up out before going to Michigan. There's winning, though. That's all that matters. Yeah, no, it absolutely is. It'd be very curious to see. This this was a very interesting offseason in college football. Now Jim Harbaugh is gone at Michigan. We'll see where he – we'll see what he does. We'll see where he goes. It felt like it was time. You know, you were an alum. You went back home. You were there for nine years. You got a national championship. You went to three college football playoffs. You had an incredible stretch. A lot of your team is going to the league. McCarthy's going to the league. Blake Corum is going to the league. It makes a lot of sense, and you also leave them in a good spot, I think, with a very talented uh, head coach moving forward. Michigan will still be a very good team. We have a very busy next two days plan as we get you ready for the AFC Championship. We appreciate you listening and making us a part of your day. Catch you guys tomorrow. It's The Drive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.